it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at killerqueenspodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Killer Queens Podcast. And we're on YouTube at Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge and let's talk about some true crime. Welcome back to Killer Queens episode. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I was going to say episode two, duh, but that's part two of this episode. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, you'll see it on there. Not a big deal. This is, though, as Tori said, part two of our Heaven's Gate series, I guess, would you call it? Yeah. So if you haven't listened to part one, scooch on over there. Otherwise, this probably ain't going to make any sense. I can't promise it's going to make sense anyway. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. But here we are. Right. Uh, Really quickly, before we get started, we always, of course, want to let you know about the Patreon. One thing that we've just added to the Patreon is our old episodes. So episodes one through 44, if you're the kind of person, if you're the hell person who wants to start at the beginning of a podcast and work your way up, we have moved our older episodes. The audio quality is not the same as what we're doing now. So we've removed them from the main feed. Any level patron gets access to them. So whatever it is that you pay a month, you get it. So I feel like there's a misconception with podcasting where so many people are like, oh, I'll start at the beginning. And it's not the same as, let's say, Mumford and Sons, where their first album is the best. And right. then, you know, we didn't start out great. Yeah. Well, we might not even be, we might not finish great either. Yeah, you, may, you may still think oh, you haven't made much progress, but like, and it's not a serialized podcast where it's like um, cold or something where you have to go in order. Like, yeah, you won't be lost if you start at the end. Yeah, exactly. And usually that's where like podcasters, they get better as they go on. They learn as they go. Mm-hmm. So every podcaster... When we see like people saying, I started at the beginning, we always cringe because we're like, oof. If you did start at the beginning and you still are here, my God, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we salute you. Exactly. Yeah. Cause we have learned a lot. So, anyway, that's where you'll find those because we did get some questions about it. Um, also, you know, that's where you get an extra episode every single week if you're at the, $7 level. That's the murder mixtape. So we do a whole other case. Mm-hmm. At the $10 level, you get episode by episode docuseries coverage. Do you have to be at any certain level to get the old episodes? Nope. Perfection. Any level gets some. And of course, we have our other show, Oh Snapped. You can find that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And you don't it's, have to pay for that. Nope. So, you know, you can get four episodes a week. Plus, we do other fun stuff in the Patreon. We're getting ready to really ramp up some things. We're going to be sending some gifts here soon. We're going to get more into the Netflix and Hulu parties, watch documentaries together. Um, It's not live stream, kind of a hangout situation. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting ready to beef it up. So if you want to hang, you want to watch stuff with us, you know, anything, that's where it all happens at the Patreon. So... It's where the magic happens. Oh, it is. We in the yeah. biz say. So that is patreon.com slash killerqueenspod. And that's enough of the business. Let's get right to it. Okay, so where we last left off in the last episode, 
was that Bonnie Nettles, her letters to her daughter, Terry, seemed like she wasn't fully invested anymore in the... Heaven's Gate. Yeah. I'm just going to... The cult. The cult. Yeah. And she was also not feeling like Apple White's vision for the cult was on par with where where it was going towards like her vision. Yeah, yeah. Because they strange. started like on the same page. It seemed like they were they were like totally spiritually synced up and they were just like, you love pizza, I love pizza. You like blue, I like blue. Like it was very like, we have the same ideas for this. And then as time went on, those paths started to diverge. Mm-hmm. And she didn't like what she was seeing. She didn't like where it was going. So then in June of 1985, Bonnie Lou Nettles died of cancer. She had been admitted to the hospital under a fake name. And Applewhite didn't even stay with her, nor did he let her family know that she was sick. And Terry was like, I was only a few hours away. I could have driven there and been with her when she died. But he didn't even bother to tell me that she was sick. So she died in that hospital alone. That's terrible. Under a fake name. Yeah. Nettle's death, though, not only was he just rude as hell about it, mm-hmm. but this is a problem for his storyline because they had told everybody that the members would be taken aboard the UFO in their current vehicles, which is their bodies, and Nettle's dying made it necessary to revise that statement. So instead of them Him going, being like, I was wrong. Right. He's like, let me just change it. So he just changed their philosophy or their core belief mm-hmm. altogether. I am so amazed. And I don't know what kind of, obviously I wasn't there for the dialogue that happened directly after, but don't you think that so many of the followers would have been like, wait, <laughs> I'm confused about what happened because this is exactly opposite of what you said was going to happen. Although in the rules, I'm pretty sure there was a rule that said, don't question me, bitch. Uh Yeah, yeah. You're not loyal, obviously, because you're not just blindly following this. Oh, exactly. It wasn't, what was that woman's name in Word of Faith? I forget her name now. Jane something. Yes, Jane, Jane Jetson with her hair. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, Maybe it wasn't even Jane. Maybe I was just thinking Jane Jetson, but- one of her rules was le- was legit, no asking questions, right? <laughs> like, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Jim Jones is the same way. They're all like that because if somebody starts questioning, then you're going to find some answers and they can't let you find answers. Well, yeah, they, the control cannot be lost. Yeah, exactly. So he backpedals and he says, okay, just kidding. We have to leave the vehicles behind. And spiritually, we transcend. Just, I just made a little whoops. I feel bad because I feel like some of the diehard cult members were probably like, I knew, I had a feeling this is what was going to happen. Yeah. I could sense that this is where this was going. Yeah. Like, you're not lying to me. You're not lying to me. As an outsider looking in, of course, you know, it's that kind of like hindsight 2020 mentality. But as an outsider looking in, you're like, don't you see what's happening right now? Like, it's the same as, who was that other cult leader that he and his wife and the wife, he was like, she, we cannot die. Everything is good. Well, then she does die. And then he props her up in her coffin and is like, if you guys are not devout enough, she will not be risen back. So we have to pray 24 hours a day for like six months. It was ridiculous. And they prayed and prayed and prayed and she never rose from the dead. Of course. I know. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. I'll have to look it up. I'll have to look it up. All right. I know I'm not wrong though. I remember this. Because I had a very, it was short but long. When I go in on something, I go in full force. Like once I get become quote unquote obsessed with something, there's no turning back until I've exhausted it and then I can't look at it anymore. I was talking about your cult phase. Yes. Yeah, you you did. You got into watching like all the cult Every things. show and documentary that offered up a cult theme, I was like, yes. And so I watched something about it, but I cannot remember what it was. I actually, I've never been interested in cults. They've never really interested me at all. I don't know why. 
because they are interesting. It's just they're they're kind of like an art museum to me. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I hear it. Okay, I'm done. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but everybody's got their interests, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Unsolved is like my jam. I don't enjoy Unsolved Yeah, that's stuff. not your jam. I can't. Um, I also don't, I don't enjoy, and I feel like this is going to be, it's going to upset you. <laughs> I don't enjoy making lists or organizing. That's something that can go kick rocks. Don't even care. Yeah, I love making lists. Okay, yeah, so it was Tony Alamo and his wife, Susan. And he's like, we, if you pray, if you care about Jesus enough, nothing can hurt you. And then his wife dies and he's like, fuck. <laughs> and he's like, okay, now what we're going to do is we're all going to pray for her because prayer is powerful, which it is. Sure. But he totally ruined it. And he's like, we're all going to pray and we're going to raise her from the dead. And then she's like, starting to smell, decomposing and all these things. And it never happened. And then he gets mad as hell because it didn't work because people weren't. He says it was their fault. They weren't they devout weren't, enough. Absolutely. Or, yeah. yeah they absolutely. didn't believe enough. It's And tons and tons and tons, which in a lot of cults, unfortunately, you see this, tons of pedophilia. He had like a million wives that were like Ew. 12, 13, 14 years old. Gross. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Like child brides. Gross. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. It just, I see some parallels. Yeah. For Well, I mean, in all of them, because all of them are just lying straight to people's faces. So they have to like... It's just amazing the scramble that they're like, oh, shit. Now what do we do? Yeah, because the one thing I told them couldn't happen because we're members of this. I mean, what did he... Did he legitimately believe that they couldn't die? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he like legitimate... Well, I don't know if he thought that they all couldn't die, but he definitely... It was one of those things where he said he and his wife, because they are prophets. Yeah, because, yeah, I guess you'd have to believe it if you're, because if you know you're lying to people, then you know that eventually she's going to die and they're going to figure it out. So, yeah, I guess he just really did believe it. Well, you and have to like, like, well... Yeah, I think you have to hmm, start believing your own lies at some point. Yeah. Like, reminds me of that Jim Gaffigan bit where he talks about the seahorses and they're like, there's the female, she's pregnant. And then they're like... No, there's the male. Yeah. Male. Male just. Male has the babies then. Right. Well, that guy just is pregnant and just had babies. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's, supposed to happen. That's supposed to happen. That's what he said. This this is the male over here. And they're like, that one just had babies. Male has the babies. Uh, Rather than be wrong, they just double down on, you know, whatever. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now, they are still going to transcend spiritually. It's just their vehicles have to be left behind now. He just forgot to tell everyone that. Sure. I guess you just like trade in your vehicles or whatever. I hope they get like some cash back. Yeah. 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 In 1992, the cult reemerges for a few months. Their numbers have decreased down to a few dozen. And they need to try and recruit even though the harvest was supposedly over in 1976. So now they've got to like do a new harvest, which still grosses me out. They produced a video called Beyond Human that aired on TV one Saturday. While it didn't bring in any new members, they did manage to coax back some members who had previously left. In 1993, the cult was making upwards of $400,000 a year through their new computer business, Higher Source, designing websites. I didn't see that coming. I can't believe that they found a business model that actually was successful. 
That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. For I mean, 93. Yeah. And they have what? Let's say all of 38 followers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're splitting it with 500 people or whatever. Yeah. Apple White used some of their funds and placed a half-page ad in USA Today that he titled UFO Cult Resurfaces with Final Offer. It's interesting that he himself titled it UFO Cult. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that. I thought about that too. I was just like, they're all, they're just referring to it as a cult. Well, but in one of, like if you watch any of the documentaries or anything on it, I'm sure you could find it on YouTube even, but- Apple White, he is in a video and he's, you know, he's got his man's lamps. Mm, yeah. And he's like, some people think this is a cult. It absolutely is a cult. It's the cult of cults. Oh, it's like a badge of honor. I mean, I guess it's like one of those things that's like, let's just call it a cult. It's so crazy. It just might work. Like maybe if we just put it out there, then people will be like, well, huh, that's cool. You're, you're calling it a cult. I, I kind of want to check it out now. Right. I am intrigued by the term cult because I think that, that cults are interesting, but it, not enough for me to be like, oh, let me look into that. I'm a member. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wouldn't get me to re- be recruited. Yeah. there's It's not a positive connotation to that word. Like, it's all negative. <laughs> like, they're going to take over your life. You're, you might have to die for it. Like, and in this case, you do. Yeah. Then, as if they hadn't said multiple times that they were done recruiting, in 1994, Apple White sent out members to recruit again. Well, that's the only way that he becomes the richest cult leader in U.S. history. Yeah, exactly. According to one article, members were mostly free to defect at will because they were held there by persuasive power instead of fear. One member, 19-year-old David Moore, joined and left his mom confused and determined. So his mom's name is Nancy. She started a newsletter for the other left-behind families of the members. So Apple White found out about this, and he was obviously pretty pissed. He said that she was just like a troublemaker. She was a meddler. But he decided that he would allow members to contact their families. If you say you're not holding them against their will— you kind of have to practice what you preach with that. Because yeah, because then if you're like, they can't come at the phone for five years, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're R. Kelly. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So he let them contact them, their families, but it was highly controlled and mostly left just on answering machines. David was allowed to call his mom and left her a message saying that they would be happy to facilitate a conversation between the families and their family members inside the cult. David would end up being one of the 39 bodies found in the mansion, unfortunately. He was so young. He was young. And his message, like, okay, so yeah, he is still calling home, but it doesn't sound like him at all. It sounds like a robot leaving a message. Like, and it's obviously just a scripted message. Like, all he's talking about is ways to basically still follow the rules, you know, and asking her to stop doing the newsletter, which is obviously an Apple White initiative. Like, he wants that done. Mm-hmm. So it's just. Like, nice try, dude, but we get what you're doing. 
Yeah. In 1995, they went back into seclusion and hid behind the computer to reach people. In September, they posted their first exit statement on their website. In October, they posted a second exit statement to clarify the first statement. In the summer of 1996, the whole quote-unquote family moved to San Diego County. In October, they began renting a 1.6 million, 9,200 square foot mansion for $7,000 a month in Rancho Santa Fe. Good Lord. Yeah. For 30, I mean, 38 people is a lot, I guess, but still, that's insane. Like, Mm -hmm. that they uh, were living in style, it seemed like. Well, one of them was living in style. Well, that's true. Yeah. He had his own bedroom. When 1997 came, the group posted their exit statements again and sent letters to their clients about the Hale-Bopp comet that was coming. This was their sign to leave Earth. Okay, side note on the Hale-Bopp comet. I was talking to a guest the other day because apparently there is some sort of a comet or a meteor shower or something that is happening through the entire month of July and August or something. Because I was like, oh, when is it supposed to happen? And she was like, anytime, all the time. You can go look at it all the time. I don't know if there is such a thing as a comet or meteor shower family. We didn't have that kind of family because then my best friend, Breck, who was on the Patreon, one of the Patreon episodes of Don't Fuck With Cats, he was like, yeah, I remember that Hale-Bopp comet. Sure, yeah. And I was actually thinking about watching this one go by. And I'm like, how do you guys know about this? Like, I don't just know about when comets are happening. And they're like, yeah, no, we, you know. My dad would see it on the news and be like, oh, let's go outside and look at it. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't come from that kind of family. Mm -mm. We didn't just like go outside and watch meteor showers. Mm -mm. And I also can't find like any of the constellations. I can find like the Big and Little Dipper. Yeah, that's all I can find. I don't think I can. (laughs) There's an app that you can get on your phone where like if you hold it up to the sky, it'll show you the constellations. How freaking boring. Yeah, I know. I don't have it, but that would be the only way I could find it. Like, like, I just don't care about stars. I mean, unless we're talking about stars, they're just like us. Oh, yeah. I like those stars. They go to the grocery store. <laughs> they pump gas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't... They rent $7,000 a month mansions. Exactly. So this was a perfect storm for Apple White. The millennium was getting close. There was a fascination with UFOs around this time. And the Hale-Bopp comet was going to be visible for the first time in 2,000 years. Humans were weed in the garden, which is Earth, and the garden was damaged beyond repair. It needed to be recycled. He'd be very disappointed now. hmm <laughs> Talk about weeds in a shit-ass garden. I don't know. Yeah. On March 19th, they filmed their farewell messages. In their exit video, each member had about five minutes to speak their final thoughts. They wore baggy clothes and had buzzed heads, but all appeared calm and coherent. Apple White said it was suicide not to leave. What? Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. March 23rd was the closest the Hale-Bopp comet would come to Earth, and this was the day their plan was set in motion. On this day, the group went to a local restaurant that they frequented and had 39 identical meals. Mm-hmm. So That's what we talked about. That's what I talked about last or yesterday. Yeah. Turkey pot pie, blueberry cheesecake, and iced tea. Doesn't sound good to me at all. I don't mind a turkey pot pie. I'd rather chicken. But I mean, like Thanksgiving. Okay. I don't like turkey at Thanksgiving either. It's very dry. Yeah. I just like ham. But anyway, <laughs> okay. That's what they picked. And that's fine. They can pick what they pick. Fifteen members of Heaven's Gate committed suicide with nine other members assisting. They drank vodka, ate pudding or applesauce that was loaded with barbiturates, specifically phenobarbital, they bought from Mexico. And phenobarbital is generally prescribed for seizures and can be used as a sedative for calming nerves because it slows brain and nervous system activity. They put plastic bags over their heads. They laid down in their black track suits and $10 Nikes and covered themselves with purple shrouds. Near or on their bodies were the instructions for their suicidal concoctions, a $5 bill, three quarters, and their ID card. The 575 was said to be the toll of the international transportation. Again, it's like a hell of a deal. Why do we think that, wasn't it 375? 
No, it was five. It was always five seventy five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or I guess like interplanetary. It's just there's no toll booths in space. <laughs> you don't know that. Well, I guess I don't know that. I've never been to space. You're right. On March 24th, 15 more members followed the same routine with nine members assisting. On March 25th, the final nine helped each other follow the same routine. Marshall Applewhite was the seventh to die on this day. Then two final female followers completed the mission. And this is according to investigators in the Escondido Grapevine article. I honestly, in all of the documentaries that I've watched on this, which is two, but still, I didn't realize that it was like staggered. Yeah, I was just thinking that's a really interesting method because you would think, and they all still went through with it. Like, talk about the commitment. Yeah, like, because you would think you'd just kind of have to get it all done at one time or people would change their mind. Absolutely. And not only, because even if I don't feel like I'm in a place, luckily, where I would ever contemplate some doing something like this, but let's say I did and I was in motion with it and I wasn't one of the first people to go, even if it was a couple minutes or hours even after, I would be rethinking everything. Days, absolutely not. Yeah, because it... You have to be in the house with these bodies. Right. And then like, can you imagine the anxiety that you would feel like waiting for it? Because you know what you've got to do and you know it's going to be another full day. Well, and everything that I've heard about about this form of suicide, it's not the most pleasant way to go. Like I think that because for a lot of them, especially the first wave of them, the barbiturates, And all that kind of stuff. It didn't do the trick. That's why they had to put the plastic over their heads to help them along with it. So they had to suffocate themselves, essentially. And then the final wave of them had a stronger dose of the fatal concoction. So Because they didn't have anybody to assist them to put the bags over their heads. And they were found without shrouds on them at all. Mm. So... You would think seeing a, I don't want to say semi-traumatic because it seemed like, I don't want to say it wasn't agonizing. You know what I mean? Like it was, it's not necessarily painless, but not necessarily the most tragic, painful way to go. But you would think seeing something like that, you'd be like, oh, no, thank you. I don't want, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah, because who wants to slowly suffocate to Absolutely. But from the... Because all of these, like the exit videos and stuff, they showed some of them on some of the documentaries that I watched. And they were like so excited for them. They're like, I cannot wait to leave this earth. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. So that just shows you the level of commitment and the brainwashing. Yeah, their beliefs. They were total. I mean, they were all in. It is so sad. See, and that's why these things are so interesting to me because it's like, in how? Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like interrupt, but keep going. No, that's good information. On March 26th, Rio D'Angelo received a package from his former cult friends and he knew they were gone. He knew the plan, but he went to the house to confirm anyway. Rio filmed what he saw as he walked through the house. One person on each mattress scattered throughout the house. He said the stench was enough to confirm they were dead, but he also yelled out as he went through the house to see if anyone was still alive. There were splatters of blood throughout the house as well, which was thought to be from people coughing up blood before dying, as well as from the bodies just being there long enough to begin to decompose. Doe was in the master bedroom alone. See, and that's what I'm saying. Like, coughing up blood, that doesn't seem like a peaceful way to go. Right, exactly. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. He called in a not-so-anonymous tip to 911. The detective that was one of the first on the scene said that every corner they turned was another body. He said he'd never seen anything like it and thankfully hasn't since. The 39 people in the mansion consisted of 18 men and 21 women between the ages of 26 and 72 and were people who had been divorced or were lost in some way. There were people looking for a change in their lives after traumatic events or who were sad and lonely. Not long after the mass suicide became public, so did a video created by Applewhite and his followers where he rants and raves about his beliefs. It's called Last Chance to Evacuate Planet Earth. The video was originally created in 1996 to warn people about the need to evacuate Earth. Chuck Humphrey was a member of the cult since the 70s, but was not one of the 39. He expressed his joy that the 39 of them had left their vehicles and his sadness that he hadn't been with them. In one interview after the suicides, he said, I wish I was with them, and that he was kicking himself. Is this the guy that you said he left because he couldn't? I think so. Maybe because in the two documentaries that I saw, they called him Sawyer. They all got to pick their own names, though, while they were in. So it could have been his name while he was in, or maybe just for the sake of his, like trying to protect his identity, they, they called him Sawyer. I don't know. Hmm. But I remember I was telling Terrell about this, and I, may, we might get into this. I don't think we get into this much detail about him, but what I saw of his testimonial having to leave the cult was that he went to Doe one night and was like, look, I can't get on top of my... Wasn't his sexual desire? Yeah, he couldn't get on top of, yeah, the sexual urges that he was feeling. And he was, he had not been um, castrated, but he was like, I can't get on top of it. I, I don't think that I'm worthy of being here. I just cannot seem to follow the ways. So it maybe it's best for me to leave. And Doe was like, okay, that's totally fine. And then you would think after this much time has passed and maybe through some counseling or something, he could get on top of it and be like, wow, I really dodged a bullet. But in both of the documentaries that I watched with him in it, he was like, people ask me if I feel like I've dodged a bullet and I don't. I envy them. I wish that I was up there in the level above human. Yeah, he he seems like he feels like he failed. Like oh, absolutely. He feels guilty and he feels like he didn't live up Oh, yeah. And I think he, unfortunately, God bless him, he's going to carry that with him his whole life. Yeah. I mean, because, like, you don't want to feel like you had one chance to do something, you know, that you feel is, like, the ultimate success and then gives you, like, this kind of immortality in a way. And then you've missed your chance, and now you're just, like, doomed to serve this life sentence of Mm -hmm. not being good enough or whatever. It's really sad. It is sad. Exiting their vehicles was like graduating for them. The black tracksuits and patches Rio designed were all an homage to graduating. Rio said that he didn't have any plans to follow his peers because when he left the cult after three years, he did so in order to share his experience. He still firmly holds to the thought that Doe was the second coming of Jesus and Rio had actually been given Applewhite's blessing to leave since his goal was to spread the word. Six weeks later, in May, Chuck Humphrey, 56 years old, and another member, Wayne Nick Cook, 54 years old, were found in a San Diego motel. They were wearing the black tracksuit and Nikes. Their bags were packed. They each had a $5 bill and three quarters on them. They did the same combination of vodka and barbiturates. But while Nick succeeded in his suicide, Chuck was rescued. Unfortunately, Chuck was determined, and in the summer of 1997, he successfully joined his friends when he put a bag over his head that was connected by a hose to the exhaust pipe of his car. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is not who I'm talking about. Yeah, no, it's it's the Sawyer guy then, for sure. Like, maybe that's his real name. 
Yeah, it is confusing because they had names in there and names out. And it's like, in the documentaries, I wasn't sure which names it was. Oh, for sure. Who was who? Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, they definitely had any, several people that left. But still. For whatever reason, felt felt, like. Yeah. Yeah. They still supported it. Bringing the total to 41 cult members dead. However, Princess Diana died around this time and Chuck's story was overshadowed. The owner of the house where the cult took their lives allowed for a short tour from Inside Edition. And though they weren't allowed in the bedrooms, the reporter was shown many of the main living spaces. There were still blood stains on the wallpaper and on the floor. They said there were urine stains all over the house. Like, did they just pee in the, all over the house? Because they said there was like pee on the curtains and stuff. So you would think like, as they pass, if they're releasing everything, it would be on the floor, on the Drip down mattresses. Down to the mattress. Yeah, absolutely. But not like on curtains and walls and stuff. I know. That's I have no idea. Very strange. It is. The tour guide said they were renovating the house of even things that weren't damaged, but were too obviously linked to the suicides, like a window that was above one of the bodies and is present in the crime scene pictures. And it's a pretty distinct window. Like mm-hmm. you would definitely be able to pick that. Yeah. You'd be like, I remember seeing that window in the Heaven's Gate stuff. He said that surveyors estimated there was about six figures worth of damage. But since the mass suicide on the property, the price of the house has actually decreased. It has since been destroyed and rebuilt. I know that this is a small aspect of the tragedy that this was. But when you rent a house to someone, you don't anticipate something like this happening, like a tragedy like this. And then from an outsider's, like, I'm just trying to be a landlord here, just went renting out my space. And now we've got to like renovate and then mm-hmm. even still can't get rid of this house. And now we have to just like demolish and rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you just totally lose out on that because, I mean, it's, it's a big enough risk to be a landlord anyway, you know? And okay. something that expensive, it's like, if they mess it up, that's a lot of money and you have nobody, no recourse. Because Apple White's the one that rented it. He's not here anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, like, I don't mean that to mean that that overshadows the loss of lives that happened. Like, that's not what I mean. Yeah. But I think that it just goes to show, which we try to touch on every time, like, this doesn't just affect the people who are involved, it is a ripple effect that affects so many people. Like yeah. these kind of tragedies, it's just like, yeah. oh, it's Because so something like that could put somebody into like bankruptcy. You know, if now you're upside down on this house and like- It's a mansion. Yeah. It's not, I mean, not that- It's a lot of money. $6 million yeah, in the early lot. 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. A psychiatrist that spoke with a local station, KTTV, said that she felt that Applewhite showed many signs of manic depression He was the leader of the largest mass suicide in American history and the first well-known American cult of the internet age. The The cult that the website is still up is interesting. Yeah, I think so. One year later, there was a legal battle over the belongings that were left behind. The officials in San Diego County wanted to auction off their belongings as a way to earn money for reimbursing the families of the deceased cult members to help them pay for funeral expenses. Mark and Sarah King are two of the few members of the religious group still active, and during the legal battle, they wanted to protect all of the documents and writings and such. They negotiated a deal where they paid $2,000 for all of this, and they would agree not to profit off of any of these materials. Wait, wait, wait. They're still members? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, I just want to make sure that I heard that correctly. Yeah. There are also two people that go by Tila and we, I don't know, that get the contact emails from the website and apparently they're pretty prompt at responding. So you can actually talk to somebody there. In Hollywood, California, in the Museum of Death, the purple shrouds, bunk beds, and the track suits and Nikes are on display. Mannequins are dressed in the clothes and covered in the shrouds, laying on their backs on the bunks, just like the cult members. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, there's a lot of emotions because on one hand, when I first, when you first started reading that sentence, I was like, that might be a cool 
museum to go to maybe because of the line of work that we are in. And then it got really real, really fast. And I feel like it's a little disrespectful. Yeah, I think putting it on mannequins and putting them in the exact positions that they were in. Because it would be one thing if it was a reenactment. It's the, the, it's the clothes that they wore. Yeah. Yeah. It's the shrouds that they used. Like yeah. It's the bunk beds, like all the things. It's yeah. Too much. It's, yeah, too far. Definitely too far. And think about like the people's families. Like what I don't, the way that I don't want to remember my son, my daughter, my whatever is how they died. I mean, everybody feels that way. And then you're going to essentially memorialize that only. Like, they were people. Mm -hmm. They had lives. Like, they had loved ones. They had all these other aspects to them. Well, yeah. And to exploit a very tragic end to someone is not okay. Like, that's just, I don't know. That's like kind of the very thing that we as a podcast do not agree with. Like, mm-hmm. That is not okay. Yeah. Otherwise, there are very few people that still follow the religious teachings of Heaven's Gate. But if you have any questions, I'm sure that Tila and we will give you a completely unbiased answer if you contact them through the Heaven's Gate website. Sloan also copied a statement from the website. Uh, it's their position against suicide. Oh my gosh. That's just a slap in the face. Right? Says, we know that it is only while we are in these physical vehicles that we can learn the lessons needed to complete our own individual transition, as well as to complete our task of offering the kingdom of heaven to this civilization one last time. We take good care of our vehicles so they can function well for us in this task, and we try to protect them from any harm. We fully desire, expect, and look forward to boarding a spacecraft from the next level very soon in our physical bodies. There's no doubt in our mind that our being picked up is inevitable in the very near future. But what happens between now and then is the big question. We are keenly aware of several possibilities. So then they kind of go on to talk about a few of the different possibilities. They do also mention the possibility that the powers that control this world would want to incarcerate them or subject them to some sort of psychological or physical torture, such as Ruby Ridge and Waco. We have thoroughly discussed this topic of willful exit of the body under such conditions and have mentally prepared ourselves for this possibility, as can be seen in a few of our statements. However, this act certainly does not need serious consideration at this time and hopefully will not in the future. The true meaning of suicide is to turn against the next level when it is being offered. In these days, we are focused on two primary tasks. One, of making a last attempt at telling the truth about how the next level may be entered. Our last effort at offering to individuals of this civilization a way to avoid quote-unquote suicide. And two, taking advantage of the rare opportunity we have each day to work individually on our personal overcoming and change in preparation of entering the kingdom of heaven. So I feel like I've noticed a couple things reading this. One, it's obvious that Marshall Applewhite did not write this because there is a lack, serious lack of quotations. Yeah, around every word. Parentheses, yes. Yeah. Two, they, it is a very impressive way of being like, we don't condone suicide because the time to leave has not happened yet. Yeah. When that happens, that's not considered suicide. Right. Because suicide would be to stay. Like that's what their definition of suicide is. Or I don't know if I'm getting this wrong. It seems like if you were to commit suicide, and I mean suicide in the literal sense, suicide before the time for the next level, that would be wrong. Or to stay when the next level is being offered up. That's suicide. So that'd be wrong. Mm -hmm. But when whoever, the powers that be, are like, okay, time's now. That's when you should do it. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you're choosing a death that Mm -hmm. is preventable. Right. Because you're, you need to spiritually transcend. Right. 
to the spaceship. So if that is the case, does that mean that T passing away before the spaceship came to get her, is that considered suicide? Hmm. Like the wrong kind of suicide? Yeah, I don't know. It certainly uh, posed a problem for Marshall. Not one that he couldn't get around, though. That's true. He's crafty. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, they can they can talk anybody into anything. They can talk anybody out of anything. Like, he's that kind of person that just, like, it's like a challenge for him for something like that to come up. Like, catch me in a lie, and then I'll show you how I can get around it. Yeah, it probably gives him a sense of, like, or gave him a sense of exhilaration or, like, yeah. 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 So crazy. It's so messed up. All right. Well, we did it. Heaven's yeah, Gate. I thought because this kind of thing is very interesting to me, and I'm not saying that it's not, but it, it no matter what you talk about, it's it's the same feeling that I felt whenever I was super into learning about cults. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, God, what did I just watch? Like, it's yeah. the same thing, talking about it, listening to it, whatever. It's like, this is, it's heavy. And it is. It's, it's sad. so heavy. Yeah, it's so sad because it's like, you know, these poor people, they're just trying to do something that they believe is really good. And and like you said, loneliness. Mm-hmm. They need a void or they have a void that needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. And they are trusting someone who is promising them the world. Mm-hmm. Knowing yeah. damn well that it's not true. Yeah. And they're just exploiting whatever it is Absolutely. that is making them vulnerable. Absolutely. that I feel like it's just so evil to do to somebody. Narcissist man. Yep. Yeah. It's exactly how they operate. They, they have to find vulnerable people. Yep. And they find your weakness and they exploit it. Yeah. Well, yuck. Yuck. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know how you feel about all of this. I don't even know where to begin, what points or highlights to be like, oh yeah, what do you think about this and this and this? There's so much here. But yeah, what you think, if you enjoy our take on talking about other cults, because there unfortunately are plenty out there that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you enjoy this sort of case, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Let us know. But thank you so much for listening and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. All right. We got some shout outs for our newest patrons. Welcome aboard. Amy M. Kate S. Elena S. Jojo F. Catherine B. Jerry B. Amy W. Jessica B. Met K. Carla L. Harley S. Emily H. Amber S. Claudia. Jenny C. Allison P. Thank you so much. We love you. Yay, we love you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening, and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. Do you need something to listen to next? Well, check out this other show from Cast Media. Hi, I'm Jake Deptula. I'm Jamie Beebe, and we are your hosts of Strictly Stalking. In each episode, we're going to bring you a new stalking case covering the ins and outs of each stalker, their victim, and their stories. Is he in the house with you? Uh-huh. Does he have any weapons? Yes. What does he have? Is it a gun? Uh-uh. A knife? Yeah. She hated me so much, she found my stepmother, friended her, and then was caught making a plan to attack me with my stepmother. He shows up to my gallery and he's wearing a spacesuit. He looks at me and he goes, you look like Jessica Rabbit and Lilu from The Fifth Element. And then he looks at me very intensely and he goes, and I'm going to stalk you. We hear about the cops not really doing anything or not really caring about the crime of stalking. There's a lot of victim shaming for stalkers. The predator who had been stalking me for 44 years was starting to really interfere with my life and my freedom a lot more than he had been. One of those random messages on my DM. It was like, I'm coming and I'll see you on this date. I was like, I'm not responding to this. And then it was like a verification of a flight got sent. All of a sudden I hear a knock at the door. So I open the door and there's a six foot something gentleman standing in front of me with a backpack and he looks at me and he says, are you Aaron? I'm kind of panicked because this isn't Larry. He followed me to my workplace. And he grabbed me, pushed me into the door and was like, unblock me, unblock me, why have you blocked me?
I'm Jake Deptula. I'm Jamie Beebe. Strictly Stalking premieres on January 21st. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like, oh my God, this person won't stop texting me, stop calling me. She keeps showing up everywhere. And then that's when it's like, you're like, oh shit. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.